from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler. This week, I'm giving a crash course in Eurovision featuring Icelandic BDSM scream rock, Australian popera, and an Italian song that'll make your booty bounce. Mm. And spoiler alert, no, really, spoiler alert. That's what we're going to be talking about today because I'm going to teach you how to be the person your mother wants you to be. And that person does not ruin episodes for other people. <sighs> and we'll be talking Starbucks cups, royal babies, and learning that sometimes reality TV singing contests can deliver enduring talent. I see some synchronicity here. Mm-hmm. I like it. When I say Eurovision, what comes to mind? Saturday nights in front of the television with my family. I mean, I'm I'm kind of cheating here because I'm from a, a country that Eurovision is very famous in and mm. kind of beloved. It's in your soul. It is. Yeah, I have no concept of Eurovision. So in my mind, what I saw for some reason is like a sunglass line. Okay. And then like maybe a bald Italian guy with like a white like yacht attire with like an unbuttoned shirt. It was like it was a it was oh, wow. a mood. It was a mood. Mm. Mm. Well, you're not alone, Jamidra, because for most Americans, the answer that comes to mind is nothing at all. Mm. Or I don't know her dot gif. Apparently, last year, 0.02% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 49 watched Eurovision. Again, that was 0.02%. Again. That's Again. all. A crying what shame. Is? What is? <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the world is watching this. Between 100 and 600 million people tune in to this every year. It's wild. It's crazy. It's huge. Let me set the scene. Picture it. It is the 1950s. Europe is worn tour as hell. And most people are feeling like this. Who knew Mary was around singing in the streets back then? Yes. So all those Europeans were tired of all of the drama. This group called European Broadcasting Union thought a good antidote to all the drama was to unite the continent by hosting a friendly international televised event that brings together the Hunger Games with American Idol and the Olympics. Wow. In a nutshell, their pitch was bops, not bombs. Stop bombing each other, people. Let's (laughs) calm down. Was that on a poster also (laughs) with the the, uh, keep calm? Keep calm and bop along. Mm. Seven countries were like, that sounds fun. They participated in 1956. Since then, Eurovision has taken off. It's the world's longest running TV program ever. Or oh, one of. Really? One of. Oh, one of. I mean, I wanted to make it. I wanted to yeah. sell it, you know? No, I enjoyed the hyperbole. Also, one of the most watched non-sporting events of all time. Ooh. This is major. Well, so it's right up there with the Olympics, basically. Yes. Okay. So the way it works is each country holds their own contest to see who they're going to send as tribute. Mm. The song has to be three minutes or less. You can't lip sync. Sorry, Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed. And to keep things fair, people can't vote for their own country's song. The people in Portugal can't just be like, well, we like our person, our hero. Mm. So they have to go somewhere else. Now, so how do they prevent voter fraud? Because we clearly can't oh. prevent it, huh? What they say. So well. Mm. well, this is very serious. This is singing. So we have rules. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, even though these rules are in place, you know, if Portugal can't vote for Portugal, they might vote for Spain. Mm-hmm. If the UK can't vote for the UK, they'll vote for Ireland. Mm. The Nordic countries stick together. The former USSR countries watch oh. each other's back. Okay. So 50% of the vote is from the public. 50% is from juries who are supposed to be objective. 
One reason Americans don't really care is probably because we're not in it and we're egotistical. I was going to say pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Another is that the show rarely launches anyone's career. It's kind of just like a fluffy, cheesy thing that's kind of useless. So what's the drive? I mean, rarely launches anyone's career. Well, rarely. brings me to my question. <laughs> can, Sir. I was going to say, can either of you, but I'll just say, can Jamidra <laughs> guess how many superstars have come out of this contest? Uh, a zero. Okay. Carly? Well, I'm going to back up, back up. When we say superstar, <laughs> are you talking about they have gone on to be like a Celine Dion or are we talking oh. about they're starring on a reality show? Guess what? It's Celine Dion. What? 1988. She won. Look at that. <laughs> Look at your mind. Plant, plant, plant. <laughs> also, ABBA mm-hmm. went to Eurovision with Waterloo and they won. Okay. And now we know them and they have Mamma Mia musical. Uh-huh. They are in the culture. Tattoo, the lesbian Russian girl group. Mm-hmm. All the things she said. Mm-hmm. They were there. Olivia Newton-John tried it. I don't think she won. Failed mm. it. Riverdance did their little jig. Okay, well, you know, I'm here for a Riverdance. <laughs> I'm here for a Riverdance. This is something entirely new about you that I never <laughs> oh, knew before. Oh, it's, but weirdly, it makes sense. Yes. I'm telling you, it's like twerking. It's like another version of twerking. <laughs> the whole upper part of your body is still, but the bottom is just going to work. Miley just it. hasn't gone yes. around to the Riverdance appropriation. Yeah, she's oh, not here. my God. Somewhere Michael Flatley's is just pricked <laughs> up. Wow. Maybe there is a future superstar in the midst of the 2019 crop of talent. So I've listened to all 41 songs from participating countries. I've narrowed it down to three nominees for best song, three nominees for worst song, and two, I need your help deciding what we feel about. Oh, so we get to be objective judges that you were talking about? Okay. Mm. Hello. So we're going to start with the bad songs. Hmm. Let's kick things off with a very bad song, if I say so myself. From the country of Georgia, it's called Keep On Going. Oh. On. You mm. say bad, I say banging. That was, really? Yeah. That was aggressive. That's like <laughs> songs for, now that's what I call monasteries. That's what I call Russell Crowe struggle singing <laughs> in Les Mis. That is bad. I was like, was that Bradley Cooper? <laughs> Ouch. Next up, this cheerful abomination from Montenegro. sounds like a 90s pop. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it sounds like it could have been a 90s pop. It sounds pop. like a 90s flop. Mm, it Even... sounds like something that, what's her name? What's this, this is us? <gasps> Mandy? It sounds like something you Mandy would You are so rude say. today. Shots fired. Listen, it sounds like a track that they would have sent to Mandy and she would have covered. No. I've, I can't even with you. I think that <laughs> I can imagine Sia singing that. It sounds a bit like Sia. Hmm. It's got that throaty thing going Yikes. on. It sounds like something S Club 7 was like, no, even we're better than that. You take S Club 7's name out of your mouth. Right? <laughs> I'm saying they're better than this song. They're great. All seven of them. Except Joe because she's racist. Oop. She is very racist. We saw it on Big Brother. We did. I don't need a receipt. A long time ago now. But I still remember. You do. The Never. North remembers. No. <laughs> and our final nominee for Worst 2019 Eurovision Song comes from San Marino and it's called Say Na 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 Na. Something wrong tonight. Love all colors of this life and to yourself be true. Don't forget my number. Call me anytime. I will always tell you life is beautiful and fine. Say na na na. On the dark deserted. 
No, I'm going to defend it. I think that is some George Michael, I want your sex era vibe. Wow. This sounds like it would have been on the Minion soundtrack. You know? <laughs> I feel like this song is so bad it might cross the border back into good. Mm-hmm. It might be like a camp classic. Yeah, strong agree. There's strong a pendulum agree. here. It's swinging. Yeah. So out of the three songs we heard, which do we think is the worst? Of mm, the, the first one for me. You mean the least good. Uh, so we got the Russell Crowe wannabe. Uh-huh. We got the... Sia slash Mandy slash S Club 7 reject, and then we have Say Na Na Na. Okay, the Sia reject was the worst, for sure. I wouldn't want to listen to that. Really? The last one was good. Oh, the first one, he was screaming at me. It was just uncomfortable, <laughs> and it was all aggressive, and I just, no. Sir, please. So I guess, <laughs> This isn't Arby's. I oh, guess no. our sound engineer should be the deciding vote. Well, I think it has to be the last one. Oh, well, now we have a three-way mm-hmm. tie, so I guess I'll cast the deciding vote. <laughs> I think it goes to Jameter's pick. Keep on going from the country of Georgia, Thank the Russell Crowe wannabe. Thank you. Fine. Sorry about it. You guys hate George Michael, clearly. It was awful. Okay, now on to two songs that are stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. People don't know how to feel about them, so we'll be the deciding votes once again because we're very important people with opinions. So the first one comes from an Icelandic band called Hatari that makes BDSM bondage techno screamo performance art music with an anti-capitalist message. That's a lot for a brand to carry. (laughs) Like, what does that sound like, you Mm. might be wondering. You had me at Icelandic. Yeah. Well, here you go. So I'm at a rave. I could get into it. Ooh. It's like those scenes in modern action movies where there's a gigantic big rave and someone gets assassinated during it. I'm basically thinking of the John Wick movies. Ooh. Right? Doesn't it sound like the scene in John Wick 2 where he's got to go kill the Italian lady? I know the one, and it does sound like that. So dark. And then Common so turns dark. up. So dark. Here I am trying to dance in a club, and now Carlos <laughs> shows up. Well, I, I'm saying Keanu Reeves looms into view. That's a very good thing. <laughs> well, if I'm ever in a club dancing to music like this, and I see Keanu Reeves, I know to hit the exit Watch your back. So Israel, the host country mm-hmm. this year, some people are boycotting because mm-hmm. drama. Oh, wait, they switched. So it is like the Olympics. They go to different countries oh, every yes. year? Whoever wins gets to host the next year. Got it. So they okay. won last year. So they're hosting. People are mad. And Israel's mad about Hatari. Because they think they're just punk enough to say something about Palestinians on the stage. Uh Uh-oh. The Eurovision group was like, Israel, you don't have the range to be banning people out here. So they're going to still perform. So we'll see what happens. And this isn't the first time there's been drama around an Icelandic performer at Eurovision. In 2006, a woman called Sylvia Knight was selected to perform. She did not win, and she did not handle that well. Ungrateful bastards! You you vote some ugly people from Finland that don't even have a real makeup artist, and you say, and you don't vote me because I'm not, you know, I'm not a slut from Holland, and I'm not an ugly old bitch from Sweden, and somebody has been telling lies about me, and I think it is you. Me? Yes, your television station, you said it, and you are a slut, and I hate you. No, I will, I will yeah. sue you, and I will sue the competition, and you will all go to jail. I have been misjudging Iceland all this time. They are clearly right? bad about it up there. I did not expect. Uh-huh. You think they're gentle pixies of the glaciers? Yes. Guess up again. Up there doing t- frozen twirls. Coming for Finland? Uh, yeah. Coming for Holland? <laughs> coming for Sweden? 
I guess the cold can make you angry because, <laughs> right. wow. Okay, another song that people aren't sure how to feel about comes from Australia. It's called Zero Gravity. Uh, no, I'm here for that one. I'm hearing can... shades of Lana Del Rey. I'm hearing shades <laughs> of operas I've never heard. All blended in one kind of disgusting stew. I think I got maybe one, two listens, tops. Before I'm like, all right. That's, that's, dude, that's all opera. I, I, I like it. I, I heard it. I was like, yes. And I think you hear it the first time, and you're like, that's incredible. And then the second time, you're like, mm, okay, again? Maybe dial it down yeah. to a, mm-hmm. a nine. Mm-hmm. I love that the song choice is as random as the inclusion of Australia in Eurovision. It's like, you guys don't even go here. Okay, now that all that's settled, it's time to vote for the three nominees for the best 2019 Eurovision song. First up is this ditty from Switzerland. Talk. She made the party. Stop. She can Yeah. When she go low, when she go low, she goes so low, she goes so low. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. Does the boy band? It's got to be right. Doesn't it feel like the cheesy '90s boy band, but in a good way? Yeah, yeah, it's like nostalgic. I like. Where are they from? He is from Switzerland. Mm. He has swag. Okay, surprisingly, this next song comes from Cyprus, and it's called Replay. Okay, that one is also good. I think what you meant to say is that's an iconic bop of all time. <laughs> J-Lo in the early aughts, at, at her height, I could see her doing this. Featuring Ja Rule, maybe? Yes, yeah. I will say I do like a throaty tuba. <laughs> and I hear a lot of that <laughs> in that song. So Cyprus is going to take some some stiff competition. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's going on my gym playlist. I don't even go to the gym, mm. but I'm going to make a playlist for the gym Just and gym put playlist that song on it's it. That you can play while sitting on the couch eating snacks, because mm. that's what I do. For yes. walking past the gym. Yeah, exactly. Right. To the bar. Mm-hmm. And our final nominee comes from an Italian hottie called Mahmoud. Volevi solo soldi, soldi. Mi chiedevi come va, come va, come va. Adesso come va, come va, come va. I will have you know that that is the gentleman that I saw in my head when I told you about the glasses and the white shirt, the yacht uh, life, the Italian, the hot uh, Italian. Right, there he is. So you were right. Mm, between him and Celine, I just apparently I knew more about this than I thought. You are clairvoyant. <laughs> so did you like the song? I like the song. You know, it gave me like some Daddy Yankee oh, sort wow. of like oh. reggaeton vibes. Ooh. No? Sure. Mm. I liked it because he sounded sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that's a mood we can all get behind. You're like, I love Ambient, ambient music. Oh, very yes. nice. Relatable. Sure. Yeah, my vote, it gets. Both my buttocks moved. Mm, I'll just say yes. that. So which one is it going to be? The Italian, Mahmoud, Cypress Bob, Switzerland, boy band? I'm still back in Cyprus. I've always been a big fan of Cyprus. I like what they do. And yeah, mm. I'm going to say go on Cypriots. Nice. They've been through some stuff. They Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's their time. So although I do love my Italian... 
And all the boy band was giving me vibes. I kind of got B2K in my head when I was listening to them. Oh, no. Right. So I'm going to go also with Cypress because who doesn't need a little love on replay? And it's an empowering song. She's like, listen, once you get a taste, (laughs) you're going to want to run it back. Yeah. So, again, gym playlist. I also vote for that one. And remember earlier I was saying that certain countries look out for each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see what's going on here. As a Greek person, I was looking out for Cyprus. <laughs> Block voting. But you know what? I didn't even have to rig the vote because it's a bop. It is. And now we know. So I hope you all enjoyed that audio tour of Eurovision 2019. If you want more, I'll be ranking all 41 songs on KQD Pop. Oh. And you can stream the event live when it starts on May 14th and it runs through the 18th of May. So until then, let's listen to some more of this Cyprus pop because it's that good. Yes. You need my love on replay. Carly, Emmanuel, we have a bit of a situation. Do we? We do. Oh, God. And it is that there's so much content right now. We're swimming in it. Mm. (laughs) It's all coming at us. On top of that... We have more ways to communicate than we ever have. We've got the tweets. Mm-hmm. We've got the texts. Mm. We've got the Facebooking, the Instagram and the tweeting. I mean, it's a lot. Now, this has created a unique problem because never before have we had to deal with so many spoilers. Oh, they're mm. everywhere. Landmine. Landmine. Since this is a safe space. This is a safe space, is it not? I hope it is. Not for spoilers, though. Mm, no, not for spoilers. And not for the spoil sports. Right. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I want to share a little story. Please. Mm-hmm. Of heartbreak. April 29th, the year of our Lord, 2019. I was getting ready Uh to watch the Battle of Winterfell. This is fresh. This is fresh. A fresh wound wound is still fresh. And I decided to stay away from social media because I didn't want to see any spoilers. Did someone text you? No one texted me, but guess what? I went on a little app called Feedly. Are you familiar? Yes. You can't go on that either. Well, listen, I thought I was safe. I thought I could trust journalists. No. And bloggers. Lady, you got to stay off the RSS feeds. Mm-hmm. What have I told you about those? Yeah, they're dangerous. <laughs> they're the enemy of the people. The enemy. <laughs> but what happened to me was I ended up stumbling upon a headline. And in that headline, oh, no. it had the name and revealed the death of a specific character <sighs> before the episode aired. Literally 20 minutes before the episode aired. It's not right. Yeah. It's also not okay. They will it's do not okay. anything for the SEO. Yeah. Now that I've shared my story, when was the last time you've had something spoiled for you? Yesterday? Really? It was the Game of Thrones episode. <gasps> and, get this, this episode leaked, I think, a day early. Uh. So someone posted something before anyone had a chance to see it. And that is the worst kind of spoil. Mm. That's it's like, I didn't even horrible. have the opportunity right. to see it. You just ruined it. You robbed With a me. screen grab of something crazy that happens uh. that we've been waiting for it for a long time. Who does that? Listen, I don't want to hear anything more about that because this conversation is so timely and so apt for me. I got home too late last night to watch Game of Thrones when it aired. Consequently, I have had to walk a tightrope today between not wanting to find out mm-hmm. any spoilers for this episode and also having to do my job, which is 99.9% <laughs> online on social media. Do you know how hard that has been and how tired I am? So you were pissed when someone ruined the episode for you. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. You'll be pissed if well, someone ruins the episode for you on the train ride home. I'll be livid. But you know what? Nobody's more pissed than Justin Surface in uh, Friendswood, Texas. Okay, specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's what happened when his co-worker ruined the end of Avengers Endgame for him. 
Someone lost their cool after spoiling a movie, but it seems that that's how intense it was for one employee of this Domino's here last night. Friendswood police say the 33 year old employee assaulted a coworker for spoiling the Avengers Endgame movie. Police were called to the pizza place and only issued a citation. <laughs> After all that, just a citation. Just a citation. So, Carly, will authorities be called tonight? Potentially, yes. It depends how cranky I am because I hit being on the train. So Justin is the only one that got pissed. Apparently in Hong Kong, I don't know if you heard about this, a man came out of the theater after Avengers Endgame and started shouting spoilers oh, to no. the crowd who were standing in line and he caught a beat down. He, he caught those hands. He caught those hands. Yeah. Oh, I mean, violence is never right, but sometimes it's understandable. Uh, yeah. Here is a devil's advocate stance. Mm-hmm. I agree, spoilers are bad. But for something like an event, mm-hmm. like Eurovision, right? just kidding, like Game of Thrones, where it's the final season, mm-hmm. if you're a fan, you should be watching it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, stay off Twitter because Twitter was designed to be a meeting place for everyone to have these conversations around shared experiences. Mm-hmm. That's what it's for. So if you go there and see something while Game of Thrones is airing, you shouldn't be that surprised. So stay off of social media. Until you get to see it. I do that for Drag Race every Uh week because these gays want to be talking. (laughs) They do. And so I just know what I'm getting into. Okay. So Twitter, yes. But what if you're not on Twitter? What if you're avoiding Twitter and you just happen to be watching the Billboard Awards and then Drake gets on stage and he says something (gasps) like this? Shout out to Arya Stark for putting in that work last week. Okay, what was that? What was that? That's an easy applause is what it is. What was that? Now, is that a gray area? Is that even considered a spoiler? Or is that like a... Well, he did say last week. I think if there was a whole week that you had to watch the Battle of Winterfell, mm-hmm. I mean, it's on you. It wasn't quite a week, though, because it, the Battle of Winterfell was last Sunday and the Billboard Awards aired <laughs> last week. So it was has. only a few days fresh. People got jobs. They have lives. You know, give them a full week. There is some debate about whether or not spoilers actually spoil the enjoyment of the experience for you. So researchers at UC San Diego did a study and they gave students something to read. One of the stories, the headline was already exposed what was going to happen in the story. The other one, they they had to sort of discover it along the way. Apparently the students who knew what was going to happen actually enjoyed the readings a lot more. Hmm. And so they're saying that because something's been spoiled for you, it doesn't mean that it has to be ruined. Spoil and ruined are not necessarily the same thing. Also, Netflix has a site called Living With Spoilers. Now this is to help people... (laughs) who have been through it, and maybe you need a support group. Ever get really mad at someone who spoiled TV for you? Maybe you wanted to strangle them, defriend them, or even break up over it. At Netflix, we get it. Wow. Yeah, apparently it's supposed to help people embrace, not shun spoilers. So we're supposed to celebrate in them. Interesting. Mm. It's occurring to me that there is like this release of tension when you know what's going to happen. I have the same thing when I watch horror movies for the second time. Because when I watch them the first time, especially if it's like a nasty slasher movie, I know I'm going to be frightened. There's going to be jump scares. Like my skin is going to literally start hurting because Uh of the scares. But the second time around, I know that they're coming. I still enjoy the movie, but there's less frightened anticipation so maybe that's behind the enjoying and embracing of the spoilers oh contraire <laughs> the uk plays certain pbs shows ahead of time yeah months in advance and they did this for downton when i mean if you haven't seen Downton by this point sorry mm. spoiler yeah alert. it's over sybil dies of preeclampsia her harem pants will not be worn anymore <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that going into the season, it did not help my enjoyment of the season. I was like, this show is trash. The gem of the show is gone. Mm. It's like a crown without jewels. So you're not what? buying it. 
Yeah, I hated that. So. Okay, so you're not but, buying. But I got you're not it. buying that you can live with spoilers and still enjoy it. Okay, so now that we know how we feel, let's get a little advice from an expert on how we can be better people, and we don't go around spoiling things for other folks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to refer to Anna Ben Yehuda Rahanaman. Work. She wrote a piece back in January for Forbes titled Spoiler Etiquette, 11 Rules to Follow Not to Spoil TV for Others. Now, this is back in January. So you folks <laughs> with Avengers and Game of Thrones, you should have known better. You've had months. Mm-hmm. So I'll just give you the top line. Someone should have spoiled this article for them. Exactly. So they spoil. One, the obvious one. If you're going to spoil something, scream spoiler alert first. Whether it's on text message, Mm. if it's in public, just let people know it's coming so they can prepare, they can cover their ears, they can leave the room, whatever. Just give them a moment. I like that. Yeah. Invest in a megaphone. Mm -hmm. Number two, just because it happened in a book doesn't mean you get to talk about it. I didn't read Handmaid's Tale. I'm not going to read the book, (laughs) but I still want to enjoy the Hulu series. I don't need you telling me just because it's in the book you can spoil it for me. Oi, Dickens. Not okay. (laughs) (laughs) To Kill a Mockingbird doesn't have mockingbirds in it? (laughs) Three... Wait one full week after the airing of the episode before freely discussing in public. One week. I don't, do don't want to do that. Can you do that? What's no, freely? You shouldn't be eavesdropping if you're not in the conversation so, on it. basically mind your business? Yes. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Stay in your lane. This, what is it? This is A and B. So see your way out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number four, start by asking someone if they've seen the show before you start blabbing about the show. I do that. Just you lead in with, do you watch? Do you watch? Do you watch? Are you caught up? Start there. When discussing plot points in public, it's always best to whisper. See, Emmanuel, there's a compromise. You can talk about it in public. Just put on your like your inside voice, your whisper mm-hmm. voice, your ASMR voice. Yes. So you say like, "Wait till you see." <laughs> but you get a little yin yang twins. You wait till you see this death. Ooh. Okay, if you have to watch an episode in public, use your headphones. Don't be on a plane blasting an episode or a film. Who does that? I mean, people listen. Have you ever been on Bart? or AC Transit, or a public bus, or anywhere public, people have no manners. No couth. Someone on a plane once was blasting Schindler's List and watching it. Okay, no. oh, Just saying. Oh, God. Number seven, be extra careful in group chats. There are a lot of people talking, a lot of texts being exchanged. Don't just assume that everybody's mm-hmm. watched the show. Mm-hmm. Number eight, quoting from the episode still counts as a spoiler, so don't quote. I don't need to know who said it. Don't give me a quote. Nine, posting memes, they also count as spoilers. But they do. Yeah, they do. They do. If you've been a victim of a spoiler... That does not mean that you have the right to spoil it for other people. So you don't get to post on social <laughs> that someone spoiled it for you and mm. then share the spoiler within the post. Spoiled no. people spoil people. <laughs> okay. That is the saying. And here's a bonus. If you make it through a whole week without spoiling, you get one free spoiler. Like everybody's entitled to at least one free spoiler. So don't feel too bad. We all screw up every mm-hmm. now and then. We're all going to say something we don't mean. Just apologize and move on. It's not the end of the world. And you're not an evil person. You can be better. All right, Carly, I'm going to use my one. No. So here's what happens. Stop. Daenerys is like, never mind. No. (laughs) No. No. This is not what's going to happen. Just leave me my simple pleasures. Anyway, I'm just saying, if you don't want a film or a television show to be ruined for you, the best protection against that is to, well, let's let's go back to that Domino's parking lot and get some advice from one of the customers. That just seemed kind of insane to me that they would do that over a movie, but I don't know, maybe they're really wanting to go see it. But I feel like if they were that into it, they should have pre-ordered tickets. If you're that into Whoa. it, if you're that into it, get your life together, pre-order your tickets, watch the episode. And for all you folks who feel tempted to spoil, just don't. Remember that everybody doesn't have to know everything that goes on in your head. Keep it to yourself. Spoil not, lest ye be spoiled thyself. Whisper in these streets. 
It's the big and the pick. Hey, the big and the pick. Hey. It's time for the pit and also the peak because we have to have the dark and the light. Mm. The peak. I cannot believe I am about to say this. My reputation as a die-hard anti-monarchist <gasps> that never passes any opportunity to remind you of the royal family's Nazi ties oh, yeah. in oh, yeah. the 30s, Prince Charles's staunch belief in homeopathy over like actual medicine, mm. or that time Prince Harry dressed as an actual Nazi. Oh. Yeah. You know I will never pass up those opportunities. And yet, and yet I stand here in front of you about to name my peak of the week as the birth of... Of another royal baby, Meghan Markle mm-hmm. and Prince Harry have welcomed a baby boy. A brown baby boy. We don't know what the <laughs> name is yet. But we know, we know the baby is here. What do you think the name's going to be? Ooh, something royal and like stuffy, I think. No, but Meghan's impact. She'll be like, you know what? We're doing things differently. This is I, what I think. I think they might go with like a Carter or something like that. Say, That's hey, you. Prince Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm happy about this. If I didn't like Meghan Markle enough on her own terms already, which I very much do, her very weird accent aside. Have you heard that? No. She's gradually doing a Madonna and adopting a British accent, but a little bit too soon for it to be plausible. Thank you. I appreciate that. We were rooting for you. How dare you? (laughs) That's fine because she's Meghan Markle and she rules. If I didn't like her enough, right, the fact that a biracial, divorced American entertainer Mm -hmm. has married into the British royal family and it is now a constant source of anxiety to both them and the right-wing press, that just makes me so happy. And the fact (laughs) they have a kid now on top of this, as you say, a brown baby who's dual citizen, people are going to be losing their shit in the UK. Now they have a new brown person to blame Prince William's dalliances mm-hmm. outside well, of his well, marriage on. As mm-hmm. a member of the American media, minute, you can what? speculate about that, but... You know Wait, about this? the tea. The British press has written a bunch of hit pieces about Meghan mm-hmm. to distract from the fact that Prince William cheated on his wife allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. Google the name Rose Hanbury. If history repeats itself, this... Woman, mm-hmm. Rose, she might end up as a wife. Isn't that how Camilla got that her way in there? I'm just saying that. That is true. <gasps> so apparently there's a lot of smoke screening going on. Megan has been piled on by the press that she doesn't deserve it. So for this reason, I say, bring on the babies, guys. I want more <laughs> babies. I want two. I want three. I want four. And I don't even know or care what their names are going to be. They seem like the type to have like a ton of babies. Like they're going in. I am so into it. So peak of the week, Meghan Markle. Let's not thank Prince Harry. He didn't do anything. Not much. Not much. But what goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. Our pit of the week, the Starbucks cup smack bang in the middle of a scene of Game of Thrones, not even in the background, literally placed in front of Daenerys on her table Mm -hmm. that no one thought to move. The hilarious thing is that in that scene, everyone's drinking out of goblets and like actual horns of animals. (laughs) And then there is this coffee cup. One thing's for sure, the Starbucks cup will be joining other legendary film and TV blunders, such as... A car driving through a field behind a battle scene in Braveheart. <laughs> what? A, a car just literally goes, meow. <laughs> they were like, we, we spent too much money on this shot. We're going to keep it. We're keeping it. Wow. 
tractor marks in an ancient Roman field in Gladiator. <laughs> you know, when he's racing to try and find his wife and kid, there's just a big old tractor mark through fields of wheat. Spoiler, he doesn't find them. Oh, too mm. soon. <laughs> and also Gandalf wearing a wristwatch in Lord of the Rings. What? Yeah. You shall not pass. Because it's not the time yet. You <laughs> see my watch? Time. Yeah. It's like a little Casio thing. To steal a joke that I heard today in the office that that person probably stole from Twitter, it could have been worse. A couple of seasons ago, Game of Thrones accidentally left Ed Sheeran in a whole scene. Ouch. Oh, the shade. Where's the lie, though? It's, it's nowhere. Cut him out. Okay, and to wrap things up, our song of the week. How very apt, Emmanuel, that you started this episode by talking about Eurovision. And reality TV contest, which I think we can call Eurovision quite safely, right? Mm -hmm. It's reality TV, kind of. The presence of reality TV winners in the charts, like everywhere internationally, at this point, it's like fluoride in the water. It's just something that we're used to. Mm. And it would be weird if it went away. But it is, like fluoride, of varying quality. For every Jennifer Hudson, you get, who's another, what, Clay Aiken? Mm. I don't know. Ruben Studdard. Ruben Studdard. Yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> So you guys know that American Idol was based on the UK pop idol. And the guy who won pop idol was this really charming, soft-spoken, posh boy named Will Young. He is famous for his lovely voice and the time that he dared to clap back at Simon Cowell. So bear in mind... It's 2002. This kind of habitual meanness on reality TV, it's just started. So he is on the very first iteration of Pop Idol and he gets criticism that he doesn't want from Simon Cowell. Mm. And watching this clip now, it's really funny because Simon Cowell is very like, mild about the criticism. He just says it's quite boring. It's like a kind of after Sunday lunch thing. So Will Young results in the most genteel clapback on reality TV you will ever hear. I think it's nice that um, you have given opinions on this show. I think in previous shows you haven't. You've just given projected insults and it has been terrible to watch. I think this show, I think you have been better and I think you have given opinions and you've backed up your opinions, which is what the other three do, which is what I respect. It is your opinion. I don't agree with it. I don't think it was average. I don't think you could ever call that average. Um, but it is your opinion and I respect that. So thank you very much. You are a gentleman, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Right? Drink every time you said the word opinion. <laughs> I'm drunk. I don't think you can call that average. Anyway, so fast forward to 2019. With so little fanfare, Will Young has been turning out absolute bangers for almost 20 years now. Really? Wow. Yeah. And like serious point, I actually remember this, that Will Young came out uh, a little while after he won Pop Idol. And he came out because a UK tabloid was going to run a story revealing his quote unquote shocking secret of being gay. So he just preempted them. Wow. Which at the time, like even though it was 2002, people were genuinely taken aback by this. And I was reading up on this last night. Apparently, he was asked to re-record his debut single a bunch of times because record execs thought that it sounded too gay. Oh. His voice was too gay. So fast forward to 2019 and this song that I'm about to play you, go and look up the video for this song and you will see that he's clearly said, who's too gay now? This video is astonishing. It features him dressed as a gentleman in a suit, a guy on a motorbike, and a cowboy. Come on. Ooh. And a sailor. All right. Okay. The YMCA. Basically. Pretty much the exactly. entire cast. Exactly. So go check out the video. It's amazing. But this song proves that nobody's too cool for perfect melancholy pop. 
And Emmanuel, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but I think this song is the worthy suitor to Robin's Dancing on My Own. That is for 2019. A that's a hefty bold allegation statement. So now I've set it up to fail. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Will Young's All the Songs. Shout out to our sound engineer that you heard earlier in the episode, Rob Spate, as well as Ashley Ann Craigbaum, Susie Racho, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, and David Marcus. If you miss us, you can find us on social media. I'm at Jamitra Says. I'm at Teacup in the Bay. And I'm at Excuse My Beauty. As always, if you have a question or topic you want us to weigh in on, call our hotline at 415-553-2850. And if you'd like to be extra kind to us, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We read every single one and it really makes a difference. Bye. Bye.